Realignment is great and all, especially for the Big 12. But what if we're hurting the student athletes? What if all this big money grab is just hurting the ones who make it all tick? This is Locked on Baylor. You are Locked on Baylor, your daily podcast on the Baylor Bears. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Monday, everybody. Welcome to Locked On Baylor. Drake Toll from ESPN Central Texas alongside Cameron Stewart from Sports Illustrated's Inside the Bears. Thank you for making Locked On Baylor your first listen every single day. Uh, Cam, before we jump all the way into it, I will say, sure, it hurts the student-athletes, but these coaches who are making $5 million a year don't really have a lot of room to talk. Also, today is my final day. As the host of Locked On Baylor, I'll get into it a bit later. I will be over at Locked On Big 12, taking out a new venture and covering the entire conference. I can assure you we will have a new host of Locked On Baylor very, very soon, hopefully within the week, and they are going to be great. There's a, a whole vetting process, and they're going to kill it. Cam, speaking of killing it, is the athlete experience dead? Well, first off, just an absolute bombshell dropped on us very quickly here. Yes. The Drake Toll era is coming to an end. Without a federal indictment, without an impeachment, even though there are people clamoring for it. Yeah. Wow. As wow. despised as I am among some <laughs> Baylor groups, where to the point where Salt Lake City, Utah is my number one market <laughs> for Locked On Baylor. Uh, we love it has you been guys. a blast of a year and a half. I, I will get to the, the sad story later, but oh, Cam, please make it. Please make a tribute video for yourself. I, I Can should. you do that for me? Can you? I should. Please. <laughs> anyway, uh, what are we talking about? Well, you think about the kids, man. Eli Drinkwitz, a Missouri head coach, kids. comes out and says, uh, what we're not thinking about is the number one cause of mental health, he said, which, again, it's not the cause. Everybody has mental health. This is uh, He pitches it in a very odd way. But the number one cause of mental health, Missouri head football coach says, is travel amongst college athletes. Maybe that's true. Maybe there's something to that. But then he goes to say that all these – what's really killing everybody in realignment is a big money grab that's hurting the kids who now have to travel more. What do you think? Well, <clears throat> I liked your point earlier about like college football coaches in in our edge of the world have been such like the poster child of hypocrites. And whether it's this from Eli Drinkwitz or the Dabo player shouldn't be getting paid anything, they're getting a great education type of hypocrisy. Uh, because name, in image and likeness, yeah. Because in most in most states, they are the highest paid employee uh, in the state, yes. so public employee. Um, so <clears throat> interesting point there. But I do I I do agree with them in some sense that I do think about that whenever there's conference realignment. I think about like the cross country team or the swim team, you know, from USC that now have to go to Champaign and West Lafayette and Piscataway and like that that's who it hurts and it hurts not only them but also the university because they got to pay for that and obviously we know that's what football is covering basically is to, is right. to pay for all that um but to, to this to this hypocrisy point I would say okay go join the Big Ten or go join the ACC oh no you left 10 years ago because that is a is just an absolute cash cow for your university to play in the SEC. Like, it, it's just the ultimate, like, maybe don't have much of a leg to stand on here. Uh, the fans can do that, and certainly the the softball players and the swimmers and divers can, can say that on their own, which we've seen uh, from the Oregon people I saw recently. But it's just not, it's not the great place for the head football coach uh, to yeah. be talking about. 
You oh, know, yeah. join the make the Missouri Valley Conference again. This is the if this is the women's cross country coach at Washington State, I got a heart for that. It's like, ah, you're right. It sucks. You it sucks. are right. I I hate this for you. I have no condolences aside from from for you. But this is a, an SEC head coach whose team was involved in realignment that almost buried the Big Twelve yeah. a decade ago. That Missouri and whose GAs work nineteen hours a day. Hundred percent, and, 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 and they, most of his upper coaches too. To be fair, and this whole decision that doesn't have anything to do with him now, he's upset about how this affects the kids over at Arizona State and how this affects those at Oregon State. Have we thought this might be a backdoor way for Missouri to actually get out of the Big Twelve? They're like, you know, we could. Go, the Big Ten's making a ton of money now too. We could go there and and beat up on Rutgers and Maryland instead of just getting. Our butts handed to us right. by Maybe they're so Arkansas tired of, and Ole Miss. They're so tired of losing, they're going to go to the Pac-12. They're going to help rebuild the Pac-12 as almost a charity case. Like we, Yes, because it, it's what they believe in. It's what they well, believe in. They're like, hey, Vanderbilt, why don't you come with us? You know, uh, Mississippi State, come with us. Um, let's head out. Suwannee, Tulane, maybe not Tulane. That might hurt them. Texas um, A&M at this point, just yeah. give them an out. Give them an Memphis, out. Memphis, tired of losing. Let's all create our own super conference. Uh, SLU, baby, Billikens. It's so weird that it's coming from this guy because you've got, and Arizona's going to travel less. There was a Brett McMurphy put it out there. It was like, hey, there is a 200-mile travel distance now over the course of the year for sports like basketball that travel all the time. This is not a major change of all the things we're going to be picking apart about this expansion deal. Um, my my whole my heart goes out to the Washington State football player who's no longer in the Power Five. Maybe the kid's NFL chances are hurt, but hell, there's a D two player who goes in the first three rounds every year. This is if you if you're good enough, you're good enough. They're going to find you. But visor guy Eli Drinkwitz, his softball team played in Florida for two weeks, two weeks to start the year without their own beds, and then immediately flew to California. So I, I don't. Yeah, I'd love as, to hear him say this to the Northeastern baseball team, right? The main baseball team that just comes down to the South for like three weeks to open the season. North I, 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 I want to hear what they have to say about it. Oh, oh, versus traveling on a Friday and coming back on a Sunday at worst. Now I see where you're going with this, and that, that, that's 100. Northeast schools with because somebody commented on on my because I I t- posted about it. Hey, look how much Missouri has traveled, and he doesn't seem very torn up about that. Somebody's like, "Yeah, idiot." Well, there's snow on the ground. They're still traveling, and is there is Col- yeah, Columbia, idiot. Missouri, you chose that. You chose the snow on the ground. Columbia, Missouri, is there also really? Two feet of snow on the ground Not in that late much. February that no. just stays there. In Columbia, Missouri, that just stays there. Uh, I right? They think Missouri is the only place with snow. And again, Eli Drinkwitz doesn't talk about his softball team that has traveled a billion miles, even in conference play last season. That that didn't matter from Visor Man. What did matter though is that poor old Washington State cross country is gonna have to go to Northwestern. Thanks, man. Yeah. And I I got a question for you before we go here. Uh, before we move on to Washington State and, and the death of the pack. Um, yeah. Do you know who the only non-conference opponent that plays both New Mexico schools in football this year is? Uh, no, I do not. Well, I mean, traditional border rival, to be fair. That would be the UMass Minutemen. Yeah. Play both of them. Yeah. And play Auburn, by the way. Oh. Uh, so, look, poor old, poor old Missouri. Drinky. They... They, they can schedule Kansas out of conference, but uh, UMass 
Got to come down and play New Mexico and New Mexico State. First one, I think it's State is week zero, by the way. So they're going to have the eyes of the nation upon them. Yes. Jerry the Kill versus UMass. Texas versus are upon the you. Old Division One football program there is. Oh, I love it. I love it. All these, these millionaire coaches that are, oh, yes, money is killing the sport. My brother in Christ, check your back pocket. What are we talking about right now? Take the visor off, rub the temple a little bit, and figure it out. This is not even affecting you. Why do you have – Well, do you yeah, have I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure they're, they're making the drive up to St. Louis, taking, a, <laughs> taking a, a commercial flight out there, you know, Thursday morning, coming back yeah. at – 1 a.m. I'm sure that's what they're doing. 100%. Uh, I'll tell you what. You mentioned a really good point here on Locked on Baylor, part Wait, of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Before we get into how the Big 12 survived this whole deal, I, I am just floored right now. That Eli Drinkowitz is making his staff work 19-hour days. It blows me away that that's what they're doing at Missouri. And you know what? I'm sure plenty of people are quitting. And when they quit, he's got to make new hires. I bet he goes to LinkedIn Talent Solutions because it's the number one place to go. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. It is so easy to create a job. If I'm Eli Drinkwitz. I do. I take the visor off. I rub the temple. I go to LinkedIn Talent Solutions. I find the purple hashtag hiring frame. You add your job. And then LinkedIn spreads the word for free. Again, this is for free. It's exactly what you want. Free. Go to LinkedIn Talent Solutions or LinkedIn.com forward slash Lockdown College today to find the right candidates faster. LinkedIn.com forward slash Lockdown College to find the right candidates faster. I promise it is well worth it. All that LinkedIn talent solutions and linkedin.com forward slash lockdown college. Keep in mind terms and conditions do apply. Somehow the crazy kids did it. The big 12 survived. I I was watching a clip from 365 sports, which I'm known to do. I've mentioned that on the show many times. And it was a couple of the hosts saying the big 12's dead. Why are we even talking about this? The big 12 it's over. It's over. They're done. Uh, this being after after Oklahoma and Texas left. And that video now has like 100,000 views. Um, <laughs> Five because checks. here you go. The, the Big 12, as dark as the days seemed under former leadership, past leadership, the crazy kids did it. The Hateful Eight is now 16. Uh, and the conference that turned its nose up to you is dead. And it's just going to own half the country. Yeah. You know, for the most part, obviously, USC, UCLA, biggest West Coast brands, they're in a different conference. But you have eliminated most of the West Coast, if not brought them in. Unbelievable case study is going to be done by business schools or whatever around the country about the leadership of these two conferences. Bob and- Bowlesby, by the way, not enough people are shouting out Bob <sighs> Bowlesby. Shout out Bob Bowlesby. He started something. He brought the first four in. He is the was, Dan Duquette to Brett Yormark's Theo Epstein. And like five of your listeners will get that. Yeah. The I Bill Parcells to Yormark's Bill Belichick. That I was on an elevator with Bob Bullsby the week that that happened. The week he brought in BYU, Cincinnati, UCF, and Houston. And we forget he is the master orchestrator of this. He, in his ineptitude that we assumed... Brought this conference back together, and Bob Bowlesby won. 
Yeah, and when they when those four teams were brought in, we as Big 12 people were pretty excited, but um, it didn't spark much interest nationally. It was just kind of like, oh, okay. The Big 12 is really, they're going to try this. They're, they're going to yeah. try to hang on here. I mean, they're going to be, you know, 50 feet of crap and then the Big 12, but I think people started to realize going into the summer that, hey, this this is not a bad move. Obviously, BYU is, is a slam dunk. Uh, the rest are have good football programs or at least have had some good brands the last decade. And then you start to absorb another major conference. And yeah. I mean, this isn't even a hindsight 2020. Foresight was 2020. As soon as your mark comes in and the first thing he's talking about, like literally in those media days when he's not even the uh, president yet, he's the commissioner yet, he says, well, the first thing we got to do is TV deal. That's that's the moneymaker. That is the most important thing to a conference. And uh, that's that's how he won. He went and restructured his deal immediately. The Pac-12 sat on their hands, and yeah. now they're dead. They're dead. Quicker than I think they ever thought they would be, if they ever thought they would be. Um, it, it is amazing. And look, it's not going to be the SEC or even the Big Ten, even though it's going to probably be more competitive than the Big Ten. Yeah. Um, for sure. <laughs> In most sports, anyway. Uh, but y- you eliminated the Pac-12. Just eliminated them. Yeah. And we heard this crap for months about why would anyone want to join the Big 12, and yet still we don't know anything about the Pac's TV deal. I'm like, it, look, it's all well and good that you guys love the conference and like being on the West Coast and everything, but... Without the money, what is going to incentivize these schools to stay, especially schools like Arizona and Arizona State, who Colorado, who were not winning the conference in football? Like they're just like, look, this this conference is going to be even more competitive, but it's going to reach us to a more national level, and we're going to get a lot more money doing it. So your mark, man, Midas touch, absolute. Chef's kiss. Just absolutely put them in a corner. Year one, Drake. Yeah. Year yeah, one. It was quick. It was really quick, Brett Yormark, the way that he worked and brought this whole thing together. The one, the kind of a glaring thing that I point out, though, is people are not talking enough positively about Utah. Gre- they have won the Pac-12 championship. They have won a yeah. Rose Bowl. Ben Rose Bowls. They are good at football. And everyone kind of hates them. I they pulled they pulled the attention away from UCF and said, "Bring yeah. it, bring it." UCF to UCF had like a week. Utah became the bad guy before day one, and I don't. I I love the idea of having that brand in the Big Twelve and having the rivalry of BYU and Utah, but man, jeez, there's some they're some soft. stinkers. Yeah. They suck, man. Oh, and I know there's some good ones out there, blah, blah, blah. Uh, But they had no interest in joining this conference. And now they're like, we're the best brand in the conference. We're going to beat up on everyone. And look, if they join this year, they'd have the best football team. Yes. But um, look, we know. TCU knows. Texas Tech kind of knows. Schools like that, those things don't last forever, man. No. They don't. If you're not Oklahoma and you're not even Texas doesn't last forever. Um, they got, they, I need Baylor to win this game. We too, yeah. Drake, you know, we're, we're objective journalists, obviously, but uh, we, I need them to win that game. Do you need think, that we, 
Can we invite all BYU fans to Waco uh, and give them free tickets for this game? They will be there. They'll be there. They're everywhere, man. When we went, when we flew out to Provo last year, there were as many uh, BYU people on our flight and in our terminal as there were Baylor people out of DFW, which that terminal now has a Chili's, by the way. Humongous news. Found that out at two in the morning last night flying. Um, But for us. Yes, all that to say, man, I, I don't know what the hell, and I'm sure the Pac-12 people, if they do have fans, have been seeing this rise the last couple of years. I don't know what happened to Utah. Look, it's a great run. Back-to-back Pac-12 championships, back-to-back Rose Bowl appearances, yeah. didn't win one. Um, but they think that this is just going to revolve around them. And look, I got to Baylor after back-to-back Big 12 championships and after back-to-back BCS Bowl losses. Same situation, Dre. And we felt good about our football program. Wasn't a lot of that going on. Yeah, Wasn't a lot of little brother Oklahoma, little brother UT going on the way Utah thinks they are for everyone in our conference. So I agree, though. The best one of those four, I think, right now of, of teams that you that you poach from the pack, the best four or the best of the four right now is Utah. Even though it's one sport, they're, they're a top 15 team. Yes. I, uh, am saddened by some news today. Quaylen Jones, no longer a member of the Baylor football team running back Quaylen Jones, who never really seemed to get a shake on locked on Baylor, part of the locked on podcast network, your team, Every day. Quaylen Jones. Um, rip, rip, man. Yeah. 404. You know, Baylor has a really good running back room with Richard Reese and Dominic Richardson. Quaylen Jones would have been kind of, he would, he would have been the complimentary option mm-hmm. to those two, likely a third string guy. And now, for reasons unknown to us and knowing the Baylor program, reasons that are likely to never get out or see the light yeah. of day, uh, Quaylen Jones is no longer no longer a member of the Baylor football team, originally reported by... Uh, was it Colt Barber? Same it was name? Eric. I oh, saw some Eric first. Sorry. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I was surprised just because it's... August 6th that that came out August yeah 5th, whatever it was that's all um I I thought he would have left earlier um the way squirrel did um but he does he and, and you're right he wasn't gonna get a lion's share of the carries at all um no. but he did bring something to your team he's 245 pounds um he was the guy out there pass blocking they didn't ask a lot of that from Richard Reese last year um but I think that's something they trust Dominic Richardson can do um, Jordan Jenkins is another name that comes up. He's uh, 225 around there, 220. Um, yeah. So a bigger body than Richardson's, who's about 205. Uh, but go look at Oklahoma State games last year. Watched a lot of them, actually. Um, he he was out there pass blocking, and he's he's a threat out of the backfield. He had, I think, uh, 25, 30 receptions last year. So um, he, he's a guy who who's also a, a pass-catching threat, which Quaylen Jones never really was. Um, and... They definitely leaned a lot harder on Richard Reese than Quaylen Jones towards the end of last year. We talked about that a bunch. I mean, he was just the absolute workhorse, um, getting probably too many carries uh, by the end of the season for a true freshman. 
And, and I said it on Twitter, it might open up a spot for Bryson Washington, true freshman who I think everyone likes out of, out of Franklin High. I've, I've been really high on him, um, had a good spring game. Um, we'll see. He is 18 years old, and he's really still growing. Um, and, and, you've, and you've got the, the depth that you maybe want to just use a redshirt year on him. But, <clears throat> yeah, I, I was surprised to see it on – August 5th or whatever it was that that's kind of what raises the antenna of like, okay, this probably just isn't a guy entering the transfer portal mainly because he hasn't announced that he's entered the transfer portal. So you're like, there, there might be something else here, but he definitely had a role to play on this Baylor team. Just, just a pretty small one. And one that I think Dave Aranda and Jeff Grimes is okay. Giving to someone like Dominic Richardson or, or Jordan Jenkins and some limited snaps could, could have been a squirrel. Could have been a squirrel Williams. Could have, but somebody's kind of banged up at the top, and Quaylen Jones has the one-off squirrel Oklahoma game where you're like, oh, who who is this? And he goes for 150, 170 and a couple of touchdowns. But I I don't think he would have been as old as he is, too. We're the same age. He came into Baylor with me, so he's a fifth year. Um, as old as he is, I don't think he would have rushed for more than 500 yards this year. And now you give, if he's a sophomore and you say that, you're like, okay, well, he could have really progressed, but he's a redshirt senior. Now you get, I think Bryson Washington's that guy. To me, Bryson Washington being the third back, he, this is where Richard Reese was last year, maybe less touted than Bryson Washington. uh, And he rushed for a thousand yards. I'd love to see it. I really would. I've just been so impressed by him. And I think, with as great a season as Richard Reese had last year, and I'm not trying to take away from him when I say this, I think looking at Bryson Washington and the way he ran in the spring game and, and how big and filled out he is, again, with still more growth to come, I think he's better suited uh, right now as, as as better than what Richard Reese was at this time last year. So I would love to see him get a shot. And it's going to be something where he's not exactly a, a gadget guy like Ollie Gordon was at Oklahoma State, but someone who's just taken some relief off those guys it, at any point in the game. Um, the way we kind of saw it from like Jamichael Hasty early in his Baylor career, uh, where he's just as effective as those guys, you know, he's going to be a part of the offense uh, in the next couple of years. And he's just getting a feel for this wide zone and, uh, and hitting those holes, which I thought he was doing really well in the spring game is one of the guys yeah. that impressed me. Well, before we get out of here, <laughs> it has been, Almost a year and a half. It's It's been close to a year and a half of Locked on Baylor. 305 episodes of Locked on Baylor. And uh, millions of views and listens and impressions and all kinds of that jazz. Please and cry. Please cry. Lot of lot of losses. Uh, some wins sprinkled in there as well. A lot of negativity. Some positivity sprinkled in there as well. Uh, but a whole lot of realism. Love it or hate it. A lot of people listened, and I can only be thankful for that. And, it, and uh, what's amazing, Drake? I just want to—I just want to say this too. We talk about Brett Yormark and Bob Bowlesby, yeah. but this conference had ten teams in it when you started this podcast. Yeah, it did. Look at it now. Eight teams, maybe. I don't even remember. It may have eight. Kinda more or and less. Here, yeah. Here you are. Yeah, it's. Who would have thought? Great. <laughs> Not it has me. been a great year and a half um, from supporters to dissenters. I have, I have loved it all. Uh, it, it was tough to do as a student to have to show up every day to work, which is my bedroom 
and record a 30 minute podcast and give up on a lot of social time to do it. But I did it because I love Baylor because I love Baylor fans. I'm going to miss being a part of a daily Baylor centric show. I will be a part of a Another daily show in Locked On Big 12 and uh, have further career news coming up after that as well. But uh, yeah, this is it. This will be the last time that I say it. Thank you, Cam, for being the tenured guest. Thank you, Drake. Before you do that, thank you. You built this thing. This was on its its last breath. I mean, it was really like the Big 12. Uh, Actually, it was worse. It was like what the Pac-12 is now. Yeah. Um, When you got this podcast and... um. Uh, we, I get it all the time. I hear about people locked on Baylor fans all the time. I heard it at the ballpark in Arlington. Um, I hear it all over the place. We heard it in Utah. Um, yeah. And they, the, the people listen, whether they're listening in Salt Lake City or Waco or Denver. Zimbabwe, <laughs> yeah. uh, they are listening. And Lorraine. I just, I would love to go back and see what one of these episodes was in March of. Uh, 2022 uh, versus what it is now. It's just an absolute revelation. Yeah, it has grown a lot. It is from the worse than the ground up from six feet under to here. And again, whoever's next is going to be a hell of a host. If uh, maybe and it, it's a lot to live up to within the next week, it's going to happen within the next week. Hopefully we're going to really try to get the ball moving and get you somebody who's uh, fantastic. I've already got somebody in mind for sure. Thanks for making Locked On Baylor your first listen every single day. We'll be back hopefully later this week, early next week, sometime in the very near future. Uh, This has been, and it always will be, Locked On Baylor.